Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1075. After thinking about all of this, and this is what we know, and this is what we don't know, this was the best decision we made, knowing what we know now. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special returning guest, Sandra Button. Hey, Sandra, how are you doing? Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Well, with you, I better buckle up. So absolutely. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I'll try to keep it between the guardrails today. No scuffs on these Concord cars allowed. Sandra Button has been the chairman of the prestigious Pebble Beach Concord Elegance since 2002. She was the executive director for decades prior and has helped to inspire and guide the growth of the collector car hobby in a truly global celebration of the automobile. Sandra participates and officiates automotive events from Asia and the Middle East to South America. She and her husband, Martin, have a very eclectic collection of automobiles, and they drive in events including the Mille Miglia, the 1000 Miglia Sport Argentina, the London to Brighton Veteran Car Run, and many, many others. She's a member of the Royal Automobile Club, the Classic Car Club of America, and the Motor Press Guild, along with the Society of Automotive Historians. So, Sandra, how you been since we last talked? It's been about four years now. I can't believe it's four years. I, I mean, know. I guess we've, I guess we've been busy having fun and yeah. enjoying great cars and and the people that love them because that's really whizzed by. I know it's a little bit frightening for me too. But uh, before I jump into some of the different questions I have for you today. I'd love for you to tell my listeners a little bit about how you're doing, a little bit more about your life to kind of get them going here. Uh, it's like everyone's heard of the Pebble Beach Concord, but uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, career and your very obvious passion for automobiles. Well, Mark, it's hard to believe that it's been, this will be my 33rd Pebble Beach oh, Concord. Oh my gosh. Wow. I know. I know. Lucky 3-3. Three, three. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm so fortunate to get to do what I love and what I'm passionate about and spend time with great cars, especially with the great people who love them and take care of them and use them. In addition, you know, we give a lot of money to charity. So kind of get to feel good about it too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a bucket list item for any car person. And I I run across people with all the people I talk to and some that have not been to Pebble Beach. And my first words are, what? I, you you have to go. I mean, it's an obligation if you love cars. You'll see more, not only during the Pebble Beach Concord, but the whole car week, than you'll see in your whole life, I guarantee you, because it's just, it's phenomenal. It keeps growing, keeps getting better and better. It's just spectacular. And, and as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. We'll kind of see what yours is these days. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Sandra, take the wheel. I like to think about the Pebble Beach Concours as the ultimate first-person experience. I recently went to the Kentucky Derby. We really don't have to love horses or horse racing or maybe even hats. Well, I like bourbon too, but <laughs> it's, it's it's a happening, right? Yeah. And the thing about Pebble Beach and the Pebble Beach Concours is unless you're there and you're part of the competition and you feel the buzz and you're around the cars, it's hard to understand what it's all about. 
So I guess in this sort of virtual world that we sometimes live in, I really want people to come and feel what it's all about. And I promise you, even if you don't like cars, there's a lot to watch. Oh, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. The whole week, as I said, is just overwhelming in many ways, but so, so cool. And you you touched on a key thing here, and I've said this over and over again. Cars are very interesting and wonderful, but it's the people. This is like a big family reunion. You see so many people talking to people they haven't seen. I run into, because of my podcast, hundreds of people that I've had on my show I've never even met. We are instant friends because we share this bond, this love of automobiles. It's a, it's the best big social party that there could possibly be because it's great people and it's great cars. So you guys put on one heck of a party. <laughs> you run into great people that, you know, you know and love, and then you meet new people that love the cars. Yeah. And I kind of feel the same way about the cars. You know, sometimes, to be honest, we'll have a, a class of cars that I'm possibly a little ho-hum about. And I think, well, you know, there's a group of people that like those, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, they're really my thing. Yeah. And then they drive onto the field that morning and I go, whoa, hey, those, yes. those are kind of neat. You know, I, I never really thought about that, that group of cars or that mark. And so I think it's fun to see new things and even maybe change your mind about something that you didn't think was for you. You know, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the competition field and how it's changing over time. But before we get into that question, I'd love for you to go back in time and share with my listeners, maybe some that didn't hear your show when you were on here four years ago. What instigated your personal passion for cars? Because you've been an enthusiast for a long time. So tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed going to be an automotive enthusiast for life. Well, I didn't grow up in a car family. My dad was a rocket scientist with Boeing. Wow. And be- because he had that kind of job, I never got to go to work with dad. You know, he, mm-hmm. he lived in a world where there weren't any visitors, right? right. Unless you had the right passcodes. So, <laughs> I mean, we would talk about airplanes and living in Seattle, of course, you know, he would teach me which plane was which and, you know, by looking at them and hearing them. And I have to say my love of cars really started with the way they sound. Uh, that got my attention. And secondly, of course, being a teenager, talk about, you know, the ultimate freedom. I mean, getting that driver's license and being able to go just wherever you wanted. Oh, yeah. um, so me, for me, you know, the cars equal freedom. And how about, you know, the cherry on top when it's a great old car? Gosh, yeah. So Boeing, did you grow up up here in the Pacific Northwest where I am? Yeah, I did. You did? Okay, very cool. Yeah, well. Seattle up here. Girl. You Seattle Girl. I moved up here to Gig Harbor 24 years ago. And of course, no Seattle Wells is a little further north and lots of friends working at Boeing. So that's cool. I didn't know that about you. Very nice. Well, what I want to do now is talk about what I call the growing world reach of Pebble Beach. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about how Conqueror World is growing and reaching across the globe. There's been an increase in enthusiasm for the collector car in places like India, China, Dubai, Malta. I wondered what your thoughts are from your many travels. You traveled around the world, participated in so many cool driving events. I don't know what's your feeling and excitement about what these uh, welcoming regions of the world have to offer. Well, Mark, one of the things that I think is one of the best things about the car hobby is all the sharing. So it's, it's sort of an equalizer. You know, maybe like 
people talking about a sports game or whatever. You know, if you run out of conversation, you can always say, you know, what about those Mets or something? But <laughs> in the car world, you know, there's always something to talk about. You know, I mean, a never ending topic. I like the fact that it's a great connector. When I went to Kuwait to judge, there was always something to talk about, even with people that I didn't think I had a single thing in common with. And I like that. I, I like that the commonality, the passion, and the never-ending topic. I mean, cars are like a symphony. You just pick an instrument and you can start talking about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you seeing a lot more cars from different regions of the world showing up on your lawn? Well, I think that in some years, I mean, it kind of depends on the marks. You know, if, if we're featuring a car that's American, we may have fewer international cars. But usually we have at least 20% of the cars on the field. And in recent years, fully 25% of our cars come from outside the U.S. Wow. And that's the same for journalists. And I, I think that that shows the international reach of the Pebble Beach Concours mm-hmm. and the international reach that the passion for collector cars has. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the things I notice when I walk around on the lawn. You hear all different languages, it's like being in Europe. And you hear all these different languages going on. And then you look at the little signs in front of the cars and the booklet and you go, well, this car came all the way from there. Oh, my gosh. And you want to find the owner and start talking. How did this car come into being your possession? And tell me the stories. And of course, that's a great thing about so many of the owners there. They're always willing to share where the cars came from, how they acquired them, what they did to them and all that kind of thing. So. Yeah, and I think cars, in fact, I know cars are a reach over socioeconomic barriers. I mean, you can get two people who really don't agree on politics or maybe religion or whatever it might be. But when they get together with cars, all that kind of just dissolves away. doesn't matter. It oh, just for goes sure. Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a great equalizer for sure. Well, let's take a look at the competition field because I know that's been changing over time. And I know you have some new things coming onto the lawn this year that you'd love to share with us. I see that every year I go, there's all these new categories. And there's a couple new ones included this year, the Tuckers, the Oscars, the Citrons that we're going to be seeing. So what are your thoughts about the expansion of marks at Pebble Beach and how these things reach new audiences for you to to get people to come to the show and go, wow, I've never seen anything like that before? Well, you know, one of the things that gets me really going about the Pebble Beach Concours is that from the very beginning, this show was pretty organic. It was, it was a reflection of what people liked and what they wanted to do. And if you can imagine, the very first Pebble Beach Concours really was all brand new cars. It was all about the Pebble Beach road races. And after the races were done, a bunch of people got together and kind of kicked tires and decided to give some awards. They didn't even have judging rules or points or anything. And, you know, that went on for the first few years until 1955 when Phil Hill won the races and hurried down to the show field down behind the lodge to pick up his trophy for best of show (laughs) with, you know, his Pierce Arrow that prior to that had been a tow car, you know, towing race cars around. You know, crazy, Um, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And he was always embarrassed by that photograph of him winning best of show because he was still wearing greasy pants that he <laughs> that he raced in. Yeah. That kind of changed things in the 50s. And then there was sort of a period where everybody loved Rolls Royce and we had a lot of Rolls Royce classes. It took 
until the 80s for us to start having these special features like we have now, you know, this year with Asuka and Tucker and motor cars of the Raj coming from India. Wow. Um, but it continues to evolve. And a lot of times, Mark, it's, it's an enthusiast that comes to us and says, you know, I've got an idea. You know, I, I know where four of these cars are and the Ruxtons, for example, a fellow came to us and said, you know, if you give me a couple of years, I can put together a whole class. Right. I like that, that we're, we're ever evolving with the help of the people that love the cars. Yeah, no doubt. In fact, uh, I have a local friend up here, a fellow Porsche fanatic, Jay Galati, who said something. He said, when you're talking to Sandra, mention the Porsche 917 and next year, maybe they could get all those lined up there because it's a special era. So I had to plug that for him. Thank you, Jay, <laughs> uh, to throw that in because I know I've seen race cars on your lawn before, which is really cool too. And the indie cars I've seen there, I mean, but that's what makes it so interesting. And that's what I think blows so many people away when they walk out there and they go, it's like the year you had all those TRs there, the Ferrari TRs. Like, oh yeah, my gosh, yeah. I did, you know, or all the GTOs, of course, or any mark, pick a mark. It's just amazing. And some of the car, what are, what can you tell us about some of the these groups that are going to be here? I know you got a couple surprises up your sleeve, but what are some of the marks that we're going to see this year? You mentioned the cars of the Raj and Oscar. And- yeah, I mean, yeah. we have we have ten cars coming from India. Most of them, they're not all Maharaja cars, although we have a number of Maharajas coming with their cars. During the Raj period, sort of the British rule, when a lot of cars were being exported with amazing bodies and bespoke cars going into India, some of them were owned by not just Maharajas, but merchants or important people of the day. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing some of those cars back, and we've been really lucky. Uh, one of the Maharajas there, Manvendra Singh Barwani, he helped us curate the class and make a lot of the arrangements to get people there. So right. that should be fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Oscars are coming from all over the world, including two from Israel. Oh. I mean, that tells you how, you know, how far flung these cars get. Yes, yeah. And Oscar, of course, Wonderful history, not only for road cars, but even some race cars, things like that. Beautiful little sports cars. And then I noticed you have a Rolston Coachwork group. Yeah, that's going to be a great group of, it's kind of interesting to see what one coach builder does on a number of different chassis. And so they, they start with different manufacturers' chassis. And so you'll see in this class a beautiful group of primarily American classics, but there's a few other cars in there that you can see the designer's eye flow through all those cars. And what years are we talking about with the Rolston Coach Work built cars? You know, m- mostly that classic era, 30s, when, when there were really those beautiful coach built cars. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they're just, they're absolutely mind blowing. I and mean, when you look at the detail and custom work and how everything was done bespoke for whoever was ordering one of those things. And then also you're going to have a post-war custom Citron, right? Yeah. That is kind of cool. Yeah, you know, think about the shape of those cars. I mean, right. in the day, it must have seemed like a spaceship had landed <laughs> when <laughs> one of those cars went by. They're so interesting and so the mechanicals and so many innovations on those cars. It's not amazing that they were so, so successful. Well, if anybody's never driven in a Citroen, you got to find a friend that has one. I have a good buddy up here. In fact, he was one of my first 10 guests here on Cars. Yeah, Kenji Yoshino, he used to work with me back in the day. He sells Citroen parts. And the first time he took me for a ride in a Citroen, 
I thought I was sitting on a cloud. It was just the most amazing experience. It's hard. I know you've driven one. You've probably ridden in them. How would you describe driving in a Citroen? It's just, it's no, wild. it is strange. It is strange that they're French and you almost get that American bigger car driving in a couch feeling, you know, right, right. that that's not usually what you think when uh, you're thinking of a, of a French coach built right. car. Yeah. You almost feel like, what happened to the shocks? Why is this thing going to roll over? And then it just comes <laughs> back to square one and then it does it again. It's just, it's just this movie. It's like being in the ocean, floating in the ocean with the waves coming in. I don't know. It's pretty cool. And then Eisenhower era dream convertibles. This is cool. I mean, again, this is one of those classes that one person with a passion for those cars curated the entire class and sort of handpicked cars. And it was a crazy era. I mean, they were talk about behemoths. They're giant. And it was sort of the pinnacle of, of chrome and fin and beautiful big cars. Also, the way that they're set up, the interior of the car is as much of the visual as the exterior. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah when you're looking at them, yeah. Yeah, just incredible vehicles. And Tucker, of course. Now, have you had Tuckers on the lawn before? No, we've never had a class of Tuckers. You know, there were a couple people when we announced the classes that sort of said, really? Tuckers at Pebble Beach? You know, I'm not sure. Maybe I was one of those people that was sort of on the fence, like, should we have these? Is this really us? And when you read the whole history with Preston Tucker and everything that happened and the timing of those cars and all the things that he tried to do, some happened, some didn't. And the unfortunate bankruptcy and and a lot of other court cases against him. But the cars themselves live on sort of like a reflection of this one person's passion. I'm looking forward to seeing them. And I also, I hope that there's people that love that type of car. They're happy to see them at Pebble Beach. They're going to come to see the Tuckers and maybe on their way to that particular class, they're going to walk by something else and go, what's that? Well, those are (laughs) kind of cool. You know, sort of like putting the milk in the back of the grocery store. You know, I I really want on their way through those aisles, you know, for them to enjoy everything that we have. And I'm excited about this group of cars and the people that are bringing the people that are bringing them are so enthusiastic. Really, it's it's a great reflection on the hobby. Yeah. Tuckers are just such a unique car. I had Sean Tucker, who's uh, Preston Tucker's great grandson here on the show couple years ago. And uh, Rob Ida, who's building a Tucker Torpedo, which is a car that was never built. By any chance, that car going to be there? Or is that one of those things that's not allowed because it's not really a car that was ever built? I think that um, it's not quite done, is, is what I understand. But yeah, you're right. It's, uh, Mark, it's kind of on that line of never really existed. Should we do it? But um, I think it's a, a non-question anyway. Yeah. Another one here that I know you're going to have, vintage era sporting cars. And if you think about this, they're they're like the Mercer raceabout cars. So tell us a little bit about that class. Well, it's hard to imagine how much technology changed between like 06 and 09 and, you know, the kind of cars that came out in, in that vintage era, the, you know, sort of brass era cars. Mm-hmm. You think about a Mercer. It's not a huge engine, but it's a really light, sporty car. Love to be the driver, hate to be the passenger because there's nothing to hold on to. <laughs> yeah. Except my husband. <laughs> um, so, you know, 
But to think that cars evolved, you know, there used to be sort of, you know, you'd have the more formal car, closed car, or, or in the earlier era, you know, there were quite a few electric cars and a lot of wealthy gentlemen bought an electric car for their, for their wife because she didn't have to hand crank it and they could just, you know, kind of go around town. Right. But there was nothing like a two-seater sporting car that was a manufactured car, not, not for somebody who wanted to race, but that you could buy and that could be your daily driver. Those are the kind of cars you're going to see in this vintage era sporting car class. I'm excited about that since I love sports cars. And I think back in those days, of that's what a sports car was. And then go, wow, this is something else. Not many places to hang on, as you said. Yeah, boy, you better no. hang on in one of those things because <laughs> otherwise you'll fly right out. Very cool. And I know you guys have some other surprises up your sleeve. So we're not going to give away everything today. But those are some amazing, amazing groups that has got to get anybody's uh, taste buds just salivating here to be at the Pebble Beach Concord this year. How fun is that? Well, the changing tastes of the judges. I want to talk a little bit about this because with time changes, or I should say with time comes changes, and that includes changing tastes of the judges. And the judges, of course, play such an important role at a concourse, especially the Pebble Beach Concord. And we've seen an increase in what I'll call sports cars or sporty cars, just like John Shirley's 54 Ferrari 375, the Scaglietti Coupe that, that won back in, uh, I think it was 2014. Is that right? When he won that year? I think, I think I may have that right. And there's also last yeah, year's. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he yeah. won, he won in 14. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, Bruce McCaw's car last year, the 29 Mercedes Benz S Barker Tour. Now, if you think about it, that was a pretty big car compared to that, that Ferrari, but it's still a sporty race car. So. We're seeing kind of some evolution happening here, happening here at Pebble Beach. So I'd love to ha hear your opinion a little bit about how are the judges' opinions changing, their taste changing, or, or am I just making this up? No, I think that as it's sort of like when you buy a certain car and then you keep, you see a lot of them on the road <laughs> and you never yes. really did before. Oh, yeah. So I think that in seeing our field evolve a little bit to be just as many post-war cars on the field as pre-war. And of course, in that post-war group, a lot more sporting cars. Um, I think that your eye starts to tune into things and get a little jazzed about, wow, you know, th those are looking awfully good together. Also, having cars that you can use and be engaged with versus maybe a more formal car that, you know, is a little more difficult to use or not as exciting, even though they may have been, you know, something very elegant in the day, that might be a little tougher right now for some, you know, that type of car to win. But you never know. I mean, it's, it is a horse race that day. I think that the judges are much more sympathetic about a car that has a nice patina and not necessarily perfect. So there's sort of a mix. Obviously, there's beautiful cars that come to Pebble Beach right out of restoration. And I love that. I love the fact that people are taking a car that's maybe over the years had a lot of funny things happen to it and has been restored incorrectly. You know, the moment for preservation has long decades passed. Right. And, they, and they're very careful about doing a period correct restoration that reflects the way the car possibly left the coach builder or the manufacturer. And um, and the same with colors. 
you know, yes. uh, there was an era where everything was red and chrome, even though it probably was a very dull tobacco brown in the day with, you know, nickel plated metal, not chrome. And I think mm-hmm. people are getting back to, and the judges understand how important it is to make the cars what they were in the day, because 50 years from now or a hundred years from now, or as Fred Simeon you know, puzzled me with and said, well, you better think about what people are going to look at, you know, over a hundred years from now right. and how we want to maintain the history for these cars. And so I love it when people bring the cars the way that they were and the way they're supposed to be, because we're not always going to be around to keep an eye on them. And, and the cars <laughs> yes. are going to live on, you know, with, with different stewards and different owners. Yeah. So I think you'll, you see that more appreciation for that type of thing and the post-war car and preservation cars, of course, all combined into just doing right by, by the cars as they come to us. Yeah, very well said. Fred Simeon has been on the show before, and of course, he would know with the incredible collection he has with the Simeon Museum. But you know, when I was on the lawn last summer talking with Bruce McCaw about that Mercedes of his that won and some interesting things he shared with me trying to figure out because of where that car came from, what it was back in the day. And one of the clues was a reflection on the bottom of an airplane wing when the car was being loaded way back in the day. And they realized, oh my gosh, this, this wasn't even painted. This was polished metal. And that's how that, that hood came to be. And. <laughs> You know, I mean, they didn't, they didn't know because it had been done so many times and repainted and who knows what had been messed up on the car. And then the color, you know, finding color, you hear these stories of people, well, they, they pulled some, some uh, beading back and went, oh, there's some overspray. There's the color that the car could have been, but is it true? So, uh, it's just an amazing effort. I've talked to some of the restorers that have been on this show. They spend the, the time they spend just researching is equal to the time they spend actually doing which is quite spectacular. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. To be, to be the right caretakers. Very, very nice. And I think it's important to document what you do. Oh, you know, yes. obviously a lot of head scratching happens sometimes and you can say, well, you know, after thinking about all of this and this is what we know and this is what we don't know, this was the best decision we made knowing what we know now and keeping that with the car. So in the future, if somebody knows more or they disagree and they can take a look and say, well, hmm, you know, that, that might've been a good decision in the day but at least we know why. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have an older Porsche and I took it to a show once. It's a paint to sample car that was painted at the factory in non-Porsche color and set in, I would say argued, but a guy telling me there's no way this is the original color of this car. Porsche would have never (laughs) painted a car. And I'm sitting here going, well, how do you know that? I have the certificate of authenticity. I mean, I have the history. I have the paint. You know, he's like, no, 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 you're wrong. Everything's wrong. And so everybody's an expert. So yeah, the documentation is so, so important. I can't even imagine being a judge at Pebble Beach and having somebody going, but wait, here, I have a book to show you. It's like, okay, where do we find a balance here? But that's part of the fun. Well, speaking of fun, let's go back in time just a little bit and talk about your first really special car. And I'm wondering if this has changed a little bit because you and your husband, Martin, have so many cool cars. You've been around cars for such a long time. So Maybe I'll twist this up a a little bit. Instead of your first really special car, maybe thinking back to a very, very special car that you might want to share an experience you've had with that vehicle. Well, we have a a 37 Jaguar SS100. And um, boy, we've put the car through the paces lately. Recently, we did 
the Holy Land 1000 all through Israel. And then um, a couple months later, we did a, a big tour through Yorkshire. So a little, little different weather. Yeah, um, but <laughs> a little put, bit. Put, yeah, really put the old gal through her paces. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes for me, my favorite car that we own is the one that we've just used. Mm. And yes. boy, did this car do right by us. I mean, going from the Dead Sea up the big you know, grade to Jerusalem in 100 degree heat and then being in stop and go traffic through Jerusalem to get to our hotel. Wow. That poor old gal, she was pegged and um, <laughs> it, you know, there was no place to pull over and Touchwood did great, did great the next day. I got to say, you know, I know that uh, SS100 was a lot of fun for us. Um, makes oh, all the man. right noises and yeah. and, and uh, perform for us. Touchwood indeed. Wow. I, I can't, yeah. I mean, I'm just sitting here listening to this and I'm thinking, do you ever, Sandra, pinch yourself and go, how did I get here? How, how did this, I am sitting here in Israel in an SS100. I mean, absolutely incredible. I mean, just uh, so fortunate. Well, so they're fortunate. Like, I've always said, you know, these old cars are like a passport. Uh, you, you get to go do things, you know, that you wouldn't do if you didn't have them. Get to be with people that all walks of life and all economic abilities and just sit down and talk cars. Yeah. Well, again, it's always yeah. the people. And I remind you, too, when you were on the show four years ago, the car we talked about during this question was a 1919 Pierce Arrow Model 48 dual valve roadster, mm, of which I know yeah. has a special place in your heart. Well, how about seller's remorse? Since we've last talked, is there a car you guys have let go that you kind of went, well, that we do one. that? That is one, it that one? that one? Oh, okay. Yeah, that one had to go because uh, we bought a, a vintage Bentley. and um, Okay. <laughs> the, the commas and zeros aren't in the right place, darn it, to have both. So I understand. one had to go. Yeah. And uh, I would say Martin kicks himself a lot about selling that car. And we've actually been on the hunt a little bit for a new Pierce Arrow. Uh, and uh, so that, that might be the next thing in the stable, but... Who knows who has to go? That's the problem. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, with this coming up this summer, I know you're, you've moved the date back a week from normal times uh, this year. So that's a little bit different. But what will attendees experience this year in the lawn at Pebble Beach that might be a little different than in the past? We've talked about the cars, but is there any other things they might look forward to? Well, you know, we did move the date because of Pebble Beach hosting the U.S. Amateur. Mm-hmm. And that happens about every 10 years. And, and I have to say the, the other 51 weeks a year that they're a golf course, I guess we have to respect that. I and, guess uh, so. Darn and, it. Yeah. <laughs> and darn, they keep that grass all, all pretty and ready for our jewels. And yes. uh, they look good out there. So oh, yeah. good for them that they're having this amateur to- tournament. And uh, so that's the reason we're a week late. And, and that only happens about every decade. So I think, you know, there's going to be, some fantastic manufacturers displays, bringing in some great cars. I know that there's going to be a little surprise Concours uh, type event with some amazing Japanese cars happening earlier in the week. And that's kind of new. And looking at that whole form and function and design and, you know, the influence it has on a lot of cars today. Right. Uh, So there's going to be some great things leading into it. And, uh, um, of course, we have the tour on on Thursday, and oh, yeah. that's a, I just you know to see the cars move 
yes, uh, and in motion down the roads with you know the background of Big Sur, and I think that's just a day not to be missed. All right, you you can't just go down for the weekend. You got to go down because Thursday you can go out early in the morning, watch the cars line up, talk to the owners, watch them drive away, and then rush over to Carmel, find a place to park, and wait for them to come in around noon and walk around with a billion other people and look at them. But but it's so fun because the cars are right there. You're up close and personal. Everybody's very respectful of the cars. Um, it's just fantastic. I love it. Just and the so owners great. the owners are a lot more relaxed than yes. they are the day on of Sunday the morning. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's a good gosh. day to ask questions. Yeah. Yes, much better day. Now, is this the 69th year of the Pebble Beach Concord? Do I have that right? This is 68. 68. I was off for a year. Darn, my math was a little yeah. off. Well, 68 years, absolutely phenomenal. And one of the things I want to touch on here that's so important, the Concord has raised millions of dollars for charities. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the importance of that and how you guys help support the community and charities through this uh, Pebble Beach Concord de Elegance. Throughout our 68-year history, we've given over $25 million wow. to the local community. Yeah. And in recent years, we've we've raised just about $2 million every year. It's important because that money stays here in Monterey County. And not all of the county is Pebble Beach. There's a lot of need out there. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest, it's a tough week for everybody on the roads. There's a lot going on for the local residents. Oh, yeah. So it's important that car people are so good to the community and they are there, you know, the donations we get from our entrants and judges and participants, fantastic. And they're put to great use. Uh, We fund scholarships in honor of Phil Hill. We support a lot of charities to do with children and education locally, as well as scholarships, you know, at the McPherson college in Kansas. Oh yeah. So, and we have scholarships at the Academy of art in San Francisco in, in Phil's honor. So we're really trying to help fund and support a new group, group of people coming up that want to work on restorations and want to be part of this car community. Yeah. So and, important uh, too. It, with, oh, uh, yeah. it's great. And I tell you, the students come and, you know, they spend all their time working in these workshops and then they, they come here and they go, wow. No yes. wonder I, I have to learn how to do this perfectly because yes. this is a big deal. Yeah, and they and they amazing. see what the what the end result of that process, you know, whether it be restoration or preservation or working on the mechanicals, they see how important it is. Absolutely, and I know we we hear this a lot that the trade organizations out there, the different trades, are really suffering and need young people to be coming on board to keep these trades going. And especially when you talk about Concord restoration work, I mean, you go into most shops, it's mostly older people and you just go, you know, what's going to happen in the next 10 years when they kind of wear out or, or leave or retire, whatever they do. So uh, I think it's fantastic. Wonderful. What you well, guys and they're great do. jobs. They're great dynamic jobs working with beautiful objects and, yeah. and there's a lot of work out there. So um, I encourage people that these trade schools, it's, it's a great way to go. It really is. Yeah, you can really expand your passion if you love anything there is about cars. Well, Sandra, this will be an interesting answer. Uh, I asked you this last time. I want to see if you answer the same way. It's a very introspective question. If Sandra Button was a vehicle, what would she be and why? 
you know, I'm a big girl. I'm over six feet tall. So <laughs> I guess I kind of, I kind of relate to the bigger cars. Uh-huh. So I may have answered this the same way last time, but, uh, you know, one of those great cars that the Bentley boys drove. I mean, yes. I see those come around the corner and I bunch of Bentleys and it just seems like the bad boys are in town. And I guess I can relate to so much about those cars. Yeah. Well, you did answer that the same. So in some ways you've been steadfast in many other ways you've grown and expanded your horizons. So uh, <laughs> that, that makes me smile. I like that. Well, Sandra, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hey, this is Mark Green. Are you interested in selling online and building a sustainable business? Bonanza is a marketplace platform that empowers you to create your dream business. Getting started at Bonanza is easy. You can start fresh or import your items from other marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or Shopify. Auto parts and accessories are a high-performance category at Bonanza, and there's no risk involved in signing up. There are no listing fees or monthly fees. You pay only when you make the sale. Bonanza listens to seller feedback and uses it to improve tools and build new features, so there are tons of customization options for sellers no matter what the size of your business. Be sure to sign up using the link bonanza.com slash cars yeah, and you'll receive a free consultation with Bonanza experts who make sure that you are on your way to generating sales. That's bonanza.com slash cars yeah. Okay, Sandra, we are back. We're entering the last lap of the last drive onto the lawn in the case of Pebble Beach. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best Concord advice you've ever received? Mm, keep an open heart. Let the car speak for itself. Ah, wonderful. Now, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped you pull off the Pebble Beach Concord over all these years? I like to take long phone calls whilst walking. Ah. So for me, my brain works better if I'm walking. So often I'm talking to somebody and they're like, you seem like you're out of breath. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, just hit a big hill. But uh, yeah, that, that's, that's my norm there. Now, I, I'm the same. I try to call my mom when I'm on walks. I walk my neighbor's dog, Warden, and uh, sometimes she'll go, are you all right? And I'm like, well, I'm going up a big <laughs> hill, mom. The dog's got a pretty fast pace, so I'm trying to keep up. Uh, how about a resource? There are so many incredible resources these days. Of course, the Pebble Beach Concours and everything around it is a spectacular resource. But is there a resource that you use on a regular basis you're really fond of? 
Most of my resources are people. Ah, nice. Yeah, so I sort of have a go-to list. And uh, if I'm scratching my head about a car, I think, oh, yeah, I'll I'll call that person. You know, that's what they love. And uh, sometimes they tell me an answer and I realize, you know, that's not what I want to do. But it's still a good answer, right? Because it helps me come, you know, come to my decision. Yep, absolutely. Now, if I got to wave a magic wand, and arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Wow. Fangio. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Fangio, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Remember when he was the uh, the guy out at the Laguna Seca Historic Races? Probably, what was this? Maybe almost 20 years ago? He was there Oh, the I hate to tell you, it was more like 30. Was it really? Because, oh, yeah. Oh, Sandra, I remember, now I feel old. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I remember he was at the beach club at the Mercedes dinner and Mary Alice Ritzman, who was with Mercedes forever and ever, she came and got me. It was one of my first years with the concourse. So it, I think it was all of 30 years ago. You know, you're and right. She said, yeah. I want you to meet somebody. And she took me over and I got to say a quick hello. No interview, no lunch, yeah. no, you know, yeah. real talk. But and I didn't yeah. have any appreciation, honestly at that moment of who I was meeting. I, you know, mm-hmm. just didn't know. And uh, Mary Alice did that for me. And that was pretty neat. Yeah. You know, I think I'm trying to uh, squish my time out here because <laughs> when you said I went, you're right. It was 30 years ago. Oh my gosh. That's a little frightening. Oh, jeez, yeah. Time flies when you're having fun on the lawn at Pebble Beach. How about a book? Is there a book that has maybe come into your life in the last year or so that you'd like to share? I have to say, Anything Beverly Ray Kimes is mm. my go-to as well. And I have some of her books and I always think of her great send-off with everything where she'd say tally-ho at the end of all of her letters. Um, so <laughs> yeah. she, uh, as a reference, uh, her books and uh, would be my go-to. Anything recent? No, I don't, I don't have a quick answer for that. So I'll uh, have to go with Bev Ray Kimes as my answer. There you go. I like it. Well, I'll remind you listeners, you can find all these great links and resources, I should say, that Sandra has shared today on her Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Sandra button, the pound sign two, or you can just put her name in or both her shows will pop up. If you missed our first talk, you can listen to that again on the Cars yeah website. But all these uh, great references will be listed right there. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. We'll see if it's different than what you answered last time. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Money's no object, but there's a couple rules. You can only have this one car in your garage. You have to drive it and use it, which I don't think is a problem for you. You like to go out and use your cars. No garage queens here at Cars, yeah. And you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. So that little trick's off the table, too. So what can I buy you today, Sandra? I think last time, because it's, a, you know, HC Alpha is a great love of mine. For certain. Mm-hmm. Um, and n- not just the sound and everything they can do, but uh, it's pretty interesting, all the great different coach builders with those cars. So it, it'd be diff- difficult to choose one. Boy, it, it'd be hard for me to waver from the AT Alpha for sure. Um, mm. Probably John Mozart's beautiful, that blue. And oh, uh, that body, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, gotta say, 
Yeah. Does well, for me. again, you are a rock solid lady. And uh, that's pretty much the answer you gave me before the HC Alpha 29 touring body in a dark blue color. So I think we're, you, you're, <laughs> that, that passion still holds pretty true. That's pretty, pretty cool. But uh, we all know why. I mean, of course, John's car is spectacular in that car. Oh, man. Oh, man. No, and yeah. I just, just yesterday, I was drooling over uh, a Zagata bodied 8C Alpha. You know, it's got a little, it's a little shorter, uh, a little sportier, but I, as much as I loved it, and boy, I, I wouldn't turn that one down. No. I'd, I'd still go with the touring body. Um, but Zagato yeah. did a good job, too. I think so. There's just so many cars to choose from. We play this game all the time. I'm sure you do, too, when we leave the Pebble Beach Concours. Which one, if you could take one home with you, would it be? What's your best of show winner? And it's just different for everybody because the cars touch on everybody's emotions in so many ways. Well, Sandra, you've taken us on another great ride today. I've really enjoyed talking with you again. I want to thank you for sharing your amazing automotive journey with the Pebble Beach Concorde de Elegance. Would you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off of the lawn in that Alpha 8C 29 touring body? I think when you come to the Pebble Beach Week in August, and there's so much to do and so much to see, I guess my advice would be to limit yourself to a certain number of events and kind of pick your your area of town. So uh, you're not fighting, trying to get everywhere because, you know, it is a coastal community. I mean, it's not a a football stadium. I mean, it's much different than that. Bring layers, wear sensible shoes and keep your eyes and your heart open because I I tell you, I'm, I'm never ceased to be surprised how much I see that I've never seen before. And sometimes I just see it with new eyes. Mm-hmm. And didn't think I used to like that kind of car. And, and it touches me that day. Very well said. The other thing I'll add to that is talk to as many people as you can. Talk to the owners of the cars. Ask them questions. You never know where these connections may lead you to, what kind of exciting adventures that you could end up on. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about the Pebble Beach Concord Elegance? Well, I would go to our website, pebblebeachconcord.net, and there's all sorts of things, resources there. Uh, you can click through to a lot of different areas, see previous winners, see all the cars from this year, and a lot of other things that are happening. Absolutely. Well, listeners, again, you can find all these wonderful resources on Sandra Button's show notes page in the Cars Yow website. Just go there and type in Sandra Button, and you put in pound number two. This show will come up in this page, but listen to the last show too. It's always interesting when I have return guests to see how their opinions and thoughts have changed and how they've they've uh, grown over the years, I will say it that way. Sandra, thanks for being generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me again. So nice to have you back. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you on the lawn at the Pebble Beach Concours de Elegance. Thank you, Mark. Um, I hope I've aged like a fine wine. We'll see when we listen to both. <laughs> very nicely said. And I can tell you, you have, Sandra, very much so. I look forward to seeing you this summer. Thank you so much. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. 
They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.